welcome to Bloomscast. My name is Seth, aka Phantasma Plumes, and I'm coming to you pre-recorded from the game room. As always, I thank you for tuning in today. If this is your first episode, hello and welcome. We're going to be doing a brief introduction. If this is your returning episode, if you're coming back, well, welcome back. I'm glad you're here. I'm, I'm, I missed you. Did you miss me? I missed you a lot. I don't know what to do when you're not here. Anyway. Oh, dude, I am so excited that I can say this is episode two. Like, honestly, I didn't think I'd make it this far. <laughs> no, it's just been, like, really positive reception about episode one. So I'm super excited to kind of get back into uh, more podcast and, you know, to talk about positive things. We're going to be talking about gotcha gaming today. Yay! Uh, it's been a long requested topic. Uh, ever since I started talking about doing Plumes Cast, people were like, okay, I want you to do gotcha games. Because that, that's kind of been like, if you ever come on to my Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash phantasmplumes, for those not in the know, um, you will see a very gotcha aesthetic. Uh, it kind of was the original theme I was going for, and then I ended up going for something more uh, stellar, I guess. Maybe st stellar isn't the right word. I feel like that's solar. Solar? Yeah, solar. Um, Space-themed. I'm, I'm going to stop using big words. Space-themed. <laughs> it's like you walk in the glow-in-the-dark stars where like a bunch of gotcha machines are. Just like, yeah, that's me. <laughs> um, but I like had this conversation topic for a long while. I'm excited to talk to you all about it. Uh, to give you a quick overview, we're basically going to be talking about like the origins of gotcha, how gotcha games work. Uh, describe the different types of gotchas, and then the levels of gotcha players. And then we'll talk about a little bit more about my experiences, too, um, about gotcha games. I'll tell you about the good, the bad that I've gone through, uh, a lot of different friend groups that I've made because of gotcha games. It's a very interesting market, to say at the very least. But before I really get deep into the nitty-gritty, for everybody that this is your first episode of Plumes Cast and... Trust me, returning listeners, I will not do this every episode. I'm just doing this because this is episode two, you know? I kind of have to do a little bit of a uh, previous episode catchback. Let's do this like it's a generic shonen anime. On the last time of Bloomscast, Phantasma Blooms introduced himself. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> if I could do that, if I could hold that voice all the way through and not laugh, I would. But... I don't want to blow out your ears. <laughs> I really need to start putting, like, uh, at the beginning, after the little jingle, a headphones or a headphone warning, please. I like to scream. But anyway, real quick, my name is Seth. Like I said, I'm Phantasma Plumes on Twitch, Twitter, Instagram. Basically, anywhere you see Phantasma Plumes, it's probably me. If it's not, it's a problem. Um, but... I am a variety streamer on Twitch. I play a bunch of different games. I cook every Friday on Twitch. Actually, yesterday, uh, as of the time recording this, I made a pork marsala. It was absolutely fantastic. I leave the recipes all up on my Discord, The Plume's Paradise. So if you guys ever want to try any of the recipes I made on stream, usually I will uh, 
I'll put the recipes on like Sunday night when I decide what I'm going to make. And then I will, um, you know, make them Friday. And I don't think anybody has ever taken the opportunity to cook alongside me, but that was always the intention behind it. Um, I also make what are called Bloom's promos, where basically I take a picture or like a screen grab of whatever game that we're going to be playing, and I put it on, or I put my character over it. So if you go on Twitter and look up the hashtag Plumes Promos, you'll see all the promo art I made for streams coming through. I hope you guys have been enjoying them because I really have had a lot of fun uh, editing everything to, you know, be exciting, you know, entice people to come in and listen and like, you know, dick around with me. But anyway, um, I think that's a good enough explanation. If you want more explanation about who I am and what I do, go back and listen to episode one, you know. <laughs> it's good content, I promise. It's not like, you know, emerging podcasts where it's just like, oh, oh, I don't know what to talk about. Oh, oh, oh thank you for listening. Oh. <laughs> and I will say this. I apologize if my voice seems deeper than usual. I woke up not too, too long ago. Um, it'll probably get a little bit lighter as I continue to talk here. But yeah, no, I woke up. Like, my eyes shot open. It's the second night that I've gotten over eight hours of sleep in a row. And it's just like, oh, I can do Bloom's Guest. I have ideas. I have the ability to talk for hours on end. Oh, those fools will never know what's coming to them. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> anyway, so with all that said, um, I am ready to get into today's topic. What is Gotcha Gaming? So let's before I really get into it, I'm gonna do the generic thing of describing what Gotcha Gaming is, where it came from, uh, just like any other YouTuber you'd see. So to explain it in short, Gotcha Gaming, or kind of like the idea of gacha came from what is known as a gacha pawn machine in Japan. And what gacha pawn machines were, were basically, have you ever gone to like, you know, I guess, let's say like, pub I've seen these in publics. Uh, you'll see these around in malls nowadays, but I'm thinking back like when I was super young. Uh, you'd see these little toy machines at like Publix and restaurants where you put in like 25 cents, 50 cents if it's a nicer toy, crank the crank. And then, uh, using mechanical terms only, <laughs> uh, you crank the spindle or spinner, and then out comes a toy, and you pop it open, and it's just like, oh wow, I got the you know sticky glove or the sticky hand that I see on all the memes. I'm gonna slap this on the wall and leave imprints everywhere. My mom's gonna hate it. Ah, uh, dude, I real quick, real quick, before I talk about all, like the actual gacha machines. Did anyone have those hands? Did anyone have those? Did anybody used to slap the shit out of other people with them? I did. <laughs> I was a menace when I had those. I used to go for the ones with, like, little rings on the back of them. And just, like, f throw it out like a full-on punch. And then I'd watch the hand go. I used to break these things, right? I would break these things because I would throw it so hard and, like, the middle line would snap. Which would make a devastating hit if I ever hit somebody with that final slap. Whew. Now I kind of want to go find these. Damn it. <laughs> Damn it. 
<laughs> I wonder if they still make them. Uh, anyway, flashback from the 90s and low 2000s over. Um, so basically in Japan, they had these same, like, bigger versions of these machines. You would go to certain places, and you can still go to it now. I'm going to say Akihabara. Wow, I can speak Japanese. Akihabara. Um, where they're, like, most prevalent. But you go, you put in your coins, you would turn the machine and make a gotcha, gotcha, gotcha as you're turning it. And then when you have the little capsule in hand, you boom, open it up, and there was your toy. That's kind of where gotcha games originated from. Uh, well, no, that is where gotcha games originated from, the concept of it. So gotcha games take that concept, and instead of, you know, actually putting coins and cranking a machine, uh, you would just, you know, use digital currency to roll, which would either get you a character, like, depending on the gacha game you're playing, uh, I'm thinking of, like, three off the top right now, you would either get a character, you would get a summon, you get a weapon, depending on what gacha element you're pulling for. Now, gacha games have also kind of changed over the years, uh, you know, thinking one of the biggest gacha games, well, currently, is Genshin Impact. And people don't really like calling that one a gotcha a whole bunch, um, at least from my experience, because they associate gotchas to much more heavily uh, gotcha-related type things. And I know this isn't really making a whole bunch of sense. It's more so if you're in the know, you're in the know. So to kind of back it up just a tiny bit, um, I, when I think of the original gotcha games, I think of Grand Blue Fantasy which is probably one of the longer-running ones um, that I'm aware of that still has a very big fan base. Uh, but basically, gotcha games in general, like, to describe it to somebody that's never played one, think of it like a loot box, all right? Because that's exactly what it is. Um, except instead of getting, you know, loot boxes for free, you have to put a little bit of money behind it. Would I consider uh, Overwatch a gotcha game? And not really. So, you know, it's, you get into these weird conversations where it's like, what is, like, where's the line for gacha gaming? And I would say, for example, I wouldn't consider Overwatch a gacha game because you're not getting characters. You're not, you know, at least as far as I remember, you weren't getting characters. Uh, you were getting cosmetics and that's about it. Um... Actually, come to think of it, I don't think you ever paid for characters in Overwatch. Now I'm thinking Apex. Shit. Ah, <laughs> uh, maybe maybe recording Bloomscast after I woke up was not a good idea. <laughs> it's okay. I'm gonna keep pushing. I'm gonna keep pushing. I'm gonna keep pushing through this. Damn it. <laughs> one take only. That's another thing. If you are new, uh, Bloomscast is a one take only show. <laughs> I'm supposed to model this after, like, a Twitch stream, yo. So I can't exactly get all my thoughts already on paper. You know, that's that detracts the whole point. I take, like, a few notes on the side of things I want to talk about, and then I just go. But anyway, so, you know, it in talking about what makes a gotcha game, some people will define it just as if you put money or in-game currency to a, you know, randomized system, it is a gotcha game. I kind of disagree with that. I say if you have a significant portion of your game 
require, you know, or like you don't need it, but it helps. Then I would consider that more of a gotcha game. So to kind of break it down, uh, Overwatch, Call of Duty, uh, Apex, where it's all mainly cosmetic stuff. I wouldn't consider that gotcha gaming. That's more of a loot box system. It's akin to it. I could see where people would call it a gotcha game, but eh. Then you have kind of like the mid tiers where it's like Genshin Impact. Genshin Impact's interesting because you can get through the game without, you know, pulling once. Like it it makes it more fun, I will say. Like I have drastically increased my Genshin Impact time. Both because of my girlfriend, who's super into it, and, you know, the approaching Yai Miko. Because, you know, Fox Girls, man. Your boy. Your boy kind of goes for it. (laughs) But, um... But also because I pulled here recently and I got catching. Which, she just changed how the game is played for me. And, like, this stuff... It just is more fun for me. Plus, I had a couple of friends, like, come through and, like, explain team building how to increase my damage, and it's just been more fun, like, actually playing stuff through. I actually, uh, spoiler warning, if, if you're spoiled by this, look, yo, that, that's kind of sad. I finally went through one of the story missions here the other day, and I, uh, figured out that Master Deluc, my favorite character in that game, is Batman. So, you know, <laughs> I was kind of mad at myself, actually. I was sitting there playing it, and I was like, bruh, wait, I... He's Batman, bruh. No, that's cool, but bruh, why did why did it take me so long to figure this out? Like, or why did I not get any hint of this outside of the game? I actually had to play the game to figure that out. Man, lame. Anyway, so Genshin Impact's kind of an interesting one where you do not need to roll, but it vastly improves your experience if you do. That one though, I do consider gotcha gaming. Uh, and then you have the kind of super greedy ones where it's just like everything's locked behind a gotcha. You're not going to succeed like the pay to win gotchas. Uh, I would consider grand blue closer to that because even though it's very generous um, with its currency, cause like it basically will give out twice, maybe three times a year free rolls for like X amount of days. And then they have like special rolls that are like, if you get, if you basically don't get like a five star in all these three rolls, you're building up a meter, and then you get to spark with it, which sparking in itself is an interesting concept too. We'll probably cover that a little bit later. Um, but you'll build up this meter, and once this meter is full, you get to do like the special two hundred pull, and then you would go, you do your two hundred pulls, and then. They had, like, an extra special one, which was, like, a Muku roll, which was you kept rolling until you got a five-star. And then they had, like, a super Muku roll, which was, like, you kept going until you got, like, maybe five-stars. Five Regardless, uh, if you take the two games I've listed thus far, Genshin and um, Grand Blue Fantasy together, Genshin, like, just barely passes you drops of water every now and again. Like, that... Gotcha! Oh man, we could go on a full on top, like full on argument about how bad Genshin is about actually treating its players. Oh, hell! Even if I mention like the first year anniversary, that'll trigger some people. 
Because it's just interesting how, like, seriously people take gotcha games. Um, but let me let me back that up just a tiny bit. I've kind of actually already covered the bits that I was wanting to go over to start. You know, different how gotcha games work. Um, how, like, the different types of gotcha games. So let me real quick describe the levels of gotcha players. So... When I talk about that, I'm talking about, like, how much they actually spend in gacha games. You have, you know, free-to-players, um, which are, they don't, they don't put any money into it. Uh, you have your goldfish, which are, like, and it's interesting. Depending on who you talk to in the industry, you will get, like, different real answers. So take these with a grain of salt. Um, but goldfish players are basically somebody that will spend, like, a hundred like one to a hundred dollars i guess annually excuse me um they will like rarely buy the packs that gotcha games will offer so like if you're playing a gotcha game usually they'll try and sell you on a pack that's like hey if you spend you know ten dollars you get x amount of currency and these extra items um more commonly now you'll find what are called like the monthly packs and they're like maybe five bucks, like to describe them from popular games. Uh, the Welkin Moon from Genshin. Um, there is the Notori Pack from Toho, uh, Toho Lost Word. There is uh, the monthly, I forget if it's called anything, monthly diamonds in um, uh, Guardian Tales. There's, and I'm just thinking of gotcha games I've played, I'm sorry, I'm being biased. Um, there is the Load Bead Pack in World Flipper. So, God, I'm like absolutely, pull- let me, let me, <laughs> let me break real fast. Uh, I am god awful with names. <laughs> I apologize in advance. As you guys get to like know more about me. I can give you every aspect of a game, but when it comes to, like, the nouns, I lose it. And it's just, like, I can't think of, you know, character names worth crap. I can't think of, you know, game names worth crap. But I can tell you everything about it, you know? Shit, if you can't tell, when I can't even think of Grand Blue Fantasy off the top of my head or Genshin Impact, it's just like, bruh, <laughs> it sucks sometimes, dude, it sucks. But anyway, um, so that's kind of some examples with, of the monthly packs where basically you pay X amount of money, usually less than 10 bucks, and if you log in every day, you get, you know, X amount of currency. So, like, they'll tempt you, they'll be like, okay, uh, in the example of Guardian Tales, they'll say, all right, you get 1,000 paid currency or maybe 500 paid currency, and then if you come in every day, we'll give you 100 free currency. And, like, if you miss a day, on a lot of these games, that's it. Like, it's a sunk it's a sunk cause. And it's really interesting because you, it's a great way to increase daily playtime. That's what a lot of gacha games are trying to do. And they really make the, this big push for dailies which are like four to five missions, maybe three to five would be more accurate, uh, where if you do these things, you get this amount of items that'll help you in the game. 
And if you do them over the course of a week, you know, there's usually weeklies, and they'll give you something. Uh, I'll go into that a little bit deeper a little bit later. I know I kind of have like a 3D brain where I can jump between topics, and sometimes a little, that's a little hard to follow, so I'm trying, I'm trying to streamline my thoughts just a little bit more. But anyway, so you have the golf, uh, goldfish, they spend anywhere from like $1 to $100. Uh, you have your dolphins, which they will spend from like 100 to 500 dollars. These are the people that are more likely to buy like all the gacha packs that'll come out. Not all of them, but like more specific ones. So like say for example, if a character they really, really like comes out and there's a special pack that goes with it, they are more likely to get that pack and then you know spend additional on getting currency until they get them. Hi, I play Fate Grand Order. I spent money for Tamamo. I spent money for Tamamo no Mei, Lancer Edition, and damn it, if I was still playing Fate Grand Order, I would be going for Tamamo no Mei, Assassin version. <laughs> but, uh, and then you have the more, like the biggest, more well-known title, The Whales. Uh, the Whales will usually spend more than 500 bucks, and... It is bad. Like, they will buy typically every pack that comes out. They they really, like, if they see an opportunity to spend money, they're not always going to jump at it. But if it makes them stronger, they will probably do it. I know a couple of whales, IRL. And honestly, honestly, I don't know how they do it. I respect them and their money-managing abilities, but they do not tend to... At least my friends that I know, they do not tend to live their best lives because they spend so much on fucking gacha games. In fact, I do have a friend that is in debt, legitimately in debt, because of Fate Grand Order. (laughs) Excuse me. And you know, I don't know why I didn't bring up Fate Grand Order when I was talking about levels of gacha games. That is another greedy one. But I wouldn't put it to the same level as like a Genshin because they actually give you freebie currency just from logging in. I'd say they're a little bit more generous. Not a whole lot, but you know. Anyway, so now that you kind of have like some basic explanation of how like gacha games work... There's a couple of other terms you'll hear about gacha games, like rate up. Rate up is a lie. If you're on any, if you are on any gacha game, like Twitter, subreddit, you'll see somebody scream rate up is a uh, rate up is a lie. And yo, I can agree to that. So to kind of explain that for the uninformed, uh, rate ups are basically banner events where characters, items are, you know, on a higher rate. So when you pull in a gacha game. You have like a one in X amount chance to pull the character you want. So to break it down, uh, I would say most gacha games will follow the uh, 70-25-5 model. Where it's like 70% is fodder stuff. Three star uh, items that aren't really that great, you can use them. 25% is four-star type stuff, where it's actually, you know, somewhat usable. And then five, like that last 5% are the five stars or the highest rank stuff that people really want. That's like what the rate-up is. And then within that 5%, you have a pool of characters that you could get. And rate-up generally refers to 
you know, if you luck out and get that 5% chance of getting that 5-star, of the X amount of characters in it, you have a higher chance of pulling this character. So, to explain it more in, like, you know, if you see somebody playing, like, something like Genshin, alright? You will have somebody pull, they might get a 5-star, and they could get a weapon. And then they're, you know, screwed. Or they could get, you know, a different five-star character. You're not always guaranteed to get the five-star that you want. Unless you do something that's known in, in like, a couple of games as sparking. And everything has, like, different names to it. Um, I believe Dragalia Lost just come up, came up with sparking not too, too long ago. Uh, really, this comes from Granblue, as far as my knowledge goes. Uh, the uninformed, unstudied, <laughs> the boy that just plays the gacha games for the pretty JPEGs. Um, basically, what it means is it's a guaranteed pity. So there's pity rates in some games where if you uh, are constantly rolling and you're not getting the character that you want, you have a heightened chance to get that 5%. But they have what are known as guaranteed pities or sparking where if you roll X amount, um, you will be able to choose a character or get the character on the banner. Uh, I know for Grand Blue, you get to pick from a pool of characters that, like, whatever banner is up, you get to pull from that set of characters. And what you'll see a lot of Grand Blue players do is they'll reserve their resources, you know, occasionally buy packs until they have, like, 90,000 crystals. I don't know, like, the financial, like, how much that translates to. Usually it's closer to, like, 300 bucks from what I've seen. 300 to 500 bucks worth of uh, gotcha currency. And then they will, you know, spend it all through, get a pity, or spark, and then, you know, pull whatever character they want. And, and it's usually, like, honestly, unless there's a character you absolutely want... It's usually smarter in those games just to save up your currency. But that's also kind of like where gacha gaming kind of target their audience. So going back to the whole, you know, free-to-players, goldfish, dolphin, and whale, you really will only see, like, if you want your game to be successful, you want at least 60% of your players to be goldfish tier, where they have at least spent a little bit of money. You want, like, 30% of your, you know gaming or your player base to be dolphins and you want like if you can get 10 percent of whale players you are fucking set like that's where your big money is a lot of the times when gotcha games come out they are appealing to the whale players people that'll spend so much time into this and it's like for some people playing gotcha games is a straight up chore like i've met people that are in so many different gotcha games that they end up spending like an hour of their day every day just doing dailies. And just in like a variety of different games. Am I any better than that? Ah, <laughs> uh, You know, I'll, I'll talk about my experiences a little bit later. <laughs> I mean, it's interesting because you'll have games that are much more involved like Genshin... That, you know, will take you maybe about 30 minutes a day to go through and do everything. And then you'll have games like Toho Lost Word where it's like, I can do everything I want in five minutes. So, it's more so just time management at that point And knowing what games you want to continue playing hardcore. Like, there's a couple of games where I just log in. 
I get whatever I get for logging in, and then I go. That is how I'm with right now with World Flipper, because World Flipper is not doing anything to really interest me. It's an interesting gaming concept. It's a pinball gotcha. So instead of, you know, just tapping commands and, um, you know, placing characters like Fire Emblem Heroes, you basically just play pinball. And it was a unique concept to start, but it just hasn't really kept my attention, so I just keep it on the side. Uh, every now and again, I'll just log in and, you know, burn my stamina doing, you know, autos, getting experience and stuff, and then I'm just like, all right, whatever. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, no, you'll have people that will spend, like, it's almost like a second job for some people, and then you have people that are, like, super into the gacha games themselves. Like, I, and I keep going back to Grand Blue because this is the most widespread example I've seen. Genshin is like this, too. But you will find, like, occasionally there'll be, like, events in-game called raid bosses, or Unite and Fight is the uh, Grand Blue example, where you and your guild will just go on a fucking rampage taking on another team, and it gives so many resources that it's stupid not to do it. But you'll find, like, there's... Uh, Princess Connect, actually, is a really good example of this, where people will come up with full-on battle plans to the second. Because I think in Princess Connect, uh, and obviously some of my friends that play it will probably correct me on this after this goes out. Hey, Yuman. Hey, KO. Hey, Niji. How's it going, guys? Here's your here's your shout-out. <laughs> um, but, ah, uh, fuck, I lost my train of thought. So basically, I think in Princess Connect, you are just killing raid bosses, and based on your strength, pe- like guilds will organize different attack times and be like, okay, this team needs to go at this time, you need to do your skills at X, Y, and Z, and if you don't, you're kicked from the guild. It's not always that serious, but there, I've definitely run into a couple of different people that like micromanage the hell out of gacha games. And they're just like, I gotta do this. It's gotta be perfect. I need this character. They are kind of... I would say you're gonna see those types of people more as, like, dolphins and whales who are, like, super into the game. They re- And it's like... I will say this, too. It's not necessarily a bad thing to be a dolphin or a whale. Like, by no means do I mean to slander any of these people who are super into something. If anything, it's a hobby like all the all the rest. If you are having fun and you are enjoying the characters... Like, Fate Grand Order... Fate Grand Order is a very money-grubby game. You will have to pull, and the rates are not that kind. I think, if I remember correctly, I think it was like maybe 3% for a 5-star. And most of that percent... It might be 1%, honestly. Um, And most of that percent, you get a craft essence instead of a servant. So, you know? You know? (laughs) Um, And, you know... I can actually use this to transition to, like, my experience with Gacha and kind of, like, take my experience. If you are completely new to the world of Gacha and you are debating getting into a Gacha game, let me preference everything I'm about to say with this. By all means, try Gacha games. Find one that you're interested in. I personally, if I'm recommending a Gacha game for somebody brand new, I will start them, you know... Depending on the person, I would actually start them with Genshin. Because Genshin's very, you know, you can do a lot without gacha, but it makes the game much more fun if you have, like, different characters than what they give you. Um, 
you know, it, it, it's not my fault that they put one of the starting characters that you get in her own tier, Amber Fans Unite. <laughs> but she is D tier, and yo, it's just, mm. But I'll either say Genshin if they're, like, more of a open world type player, or if they, like, really want to get into the gacha experience, I'll say Grand Blue. Uh, just because that tends to be... Uh, you know, it gives people a good experience of what, like, most gotcha games are. Um, but, by all means, give it a shot. And if you're having fun and you want to put a little bit of money in, do it. You know, it's kind of like the stock market in that regard. If you're experimenting and you want to try it, toss a couple of bucks in. See how it goes. If you're still having fun with it, toss a little bit more. Be mindful of how much you have. But don't go all the way... Actually, that's a really good analogy for the stock market. If you're you're having fun, don't toss all your money into it because, you know, you still have to cover yourself. And if, for example, the game goes down, like the stock market's crashing, I don't want to be responsible for for your, uh, you know, sunk cost that was. (laughs) Uh, It feels good to... Talk about the stock market on Bloom's cast, you know? Your boy your boy trades stocks. It it is hurting. <laughs> it is hurting. But anyway, let me uh transition a little bit to my experience with gotchas though. So as I said, I've played a lot of gotchas. If I real quick, I'm gonna do the unprofessional thing. You might hear me open my phone. I did mute it. But uh haha, I did mute it. Anyway, right now <clears throat> I play, looks like, seven different gotchas. Um, just to go down the list, I have Toho Lost World, or Lost Word, Puzzles and Dragons, Guardian Tales, Grand Blue Fantasy, uh, Toho Dan Makurokagura, which is kind of an interesting one because it's not really a gacha game, it's more of a rhythm game, but it has gacha elements, uh, World Flipper, and Mitrosphere. And all of those... I tend to log in daily, except for Damaku Kagura. I haven't been playing that one in a long while, uh, just because it's kind of lost my interest. But all of those, I play, you know, at least, excuse me, at least for five minutes a day. I also do uh, Genshin Impact, but that one is a little more sparse in my playtime. It's gradually getting longer and longer every time I go to play it, just because, you know... Fuck it, I'm fucking around, and I enjoy just kind of, like, running around Tevat and smacking things, and then my friends are like, Seth, you gotta play the story if you want to actually get anywhere. I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but I also used to play, and this is kind of where a lot of my gacha experience really kick off, and I think this really was my first gacha game, but there was this game called Puyo Quest, and it was a Puzzles and Dragons type game with Puyo Puyo characters. It's actually how I met a lot of my friends. And that's why I'm kind of, you know, I encourage people to get into gacha games. Because it gave me the opportunity to meet so many different people and do so many different things. And got me deeper into, like, the fandoms that I was in. That it was, you know, it, it was a lot of fun. <clears throat> I still have uh, very vivid memories of playing with, you know, my now super close group of friends, uh, of us, like, first introducing each other, doing what were, like, multiplayer rooms in Puyo Quest, 
where all four of us were playing together and like we'd swap people out and be like, okay, my stamina's out. Somebody else host. It was a lot of fun. And it was stupid because we'd start screaming at each other. It was like, oh, you didn't get a five chain. Oh, you broke the combo. No. (laughs) Oh, God. It. I have just warm memories, but also I have sunk an act, like a, a lot, a lot of money. At least to me it was a lot. So, just to completely put myself on blast here, uh, a lot of gacha games, in order to get you to spend money, will do collabs with different, you know, IPs. And there was a Sailor Moon one. Now, mind you, your boy has never seen Sailor Moon. This has been one of those shows that, like, I've promised x amount of people that i'd watch it with them and then we never do like it's almost become a running joke with me that if somebody actually sits down and watch sailor moon with me i will marry them that's it you know if you watch like five episodes of sailor moon with me because i have not seen a single episode but yo if you watch like five episodes with me i will have the ring ready It wasn't like wasn't really uh, you know talking about girlfriends and all, um, but usually it was people I was interested in because it was like it's a long series and it's something that like I'm trying to communicate that I want to spend time with you. I, we both had this interest for Sailor Moon, so you know, hey. <laughs> um, but to just like continue on all with all that, like I ended up spending. On that collab, I want to say like 200 bucks because I ended up having to pity Sailor Moon. Um, but like all the cards were like super powerful, and I was like trying to talk to people that were like really into Sailor Moon at the time. And it's, ooh, it's kind of funny. Uh, we actually just got to the ending point of last episode. So, your boy has leveled up his podcasting skills. I'm just watching the outro play out on the side. Thankfully, that shouldn't mess up with the recording uh, because it's on a separate track. But if it does, I will be very, very, very upset. <laughs> like, I've been talking for fucking 40 minutes now almost. How dare you ruin it for me? The one take is ruined. <laughs> but anyway, um, so I ended up spending like 200 bucks trying to get all the Sailor Scouts, which I did. And then, you know, Sailor Moon I ended up, like, pitying for. But it was cool, because, like, my entire team in Puyo Quest, if I log into it, is still Sailor Moon. And it was a super strong team, based on, like, all their different skills and stuff. And then, like, I never really played Puyo Quest again afterwards, because my friends started falling out of it. And I was just like, eh, this is kind of boring. And then I eventually found myself, like, years later playing fucking Puzzles and Dragons. Which is a lot worse in terms of gotchas, because it has, like, a lot of power creep. Meaning new characters that they release have stronger skills and better abilities. So you want to roll for those higher, like, those newer characters. So that way you can continue doing well in, like, multiplayer and stuff. Um, yeah, nah. I, uh... Found myself playing Puzzles and Dragons, and now I occasionally look back at Puyo Quest, and I'm just like, ah, the good old days, when I couldn't read jack shit, because it was only in Japan. Um, but, you know, it, like as I learned Japanese, it was easier for me to pick up on different pieces and all. But would I go back to it now? Eh, I debate it sometimes. I really do. I've been enjoying Puzzles and Dragons um, 
because it's just something different. But I also have, like, a love-hate relationship with it. Because with Puzzles and Dragons, they have these stupid things. And this is another element that gacha games, like, really try to get you to do. And unfortunately, I have fallen into this one. But they will present you with difficult content where it is stupid hard to get past certain things. Uh, another one that immediately comes to mind is Dragalia Lost. When you start getting into, like, the harder tier, like, master tier raids... I've watched my friends, like, play against bosses that they will spend, like, two hours trying to beat, and they don't even come close. Um, but, they, so you have to, like, roll for, like, this character that has this skill that's super helpful against this boss. It's stupid. But, like, Puzzles and Dragons does is they will fucking nerf you. Like, they straight out are, like... The uh, enemies will put up a shield that's like, if you do more than 500,000 damage, it will absorb it and add it to its HP. And that's the stupidest fucking skill, yo. I get so tilted whenever somebody pulls that shit. Because they also have skills that are like, oh, you have to do X amount of combos or it will absorb it. And sometimes it'll hit you with both of them at once. And it'll be like, yo, so you have to do seven combos and do less than 500,000 damage to hit the fucker. And then sometimes they just look at you and be like, huh, trash. And then clap you in, in one hit. And it's just like, I will say this. Most modern gacha games are pretty, I wouldn't say, you know, super obvious about where you need to be in order to challenge certain things. But yo, Puzzles and Dragons is one of those games that's just like, yo, if you don't know what the fuck you're doing, you're gonna get slapped before you even get to play. And it's just like, bruh. And it makes me sad because you lose that stamina. And that's another thing, too, that I didn't really touch base on. Like, another, um, another thing about gacha games is they have stamina meters. So these are straight-out little bits of you can play the game for x amount of time and then you have to stop or you spend money to refill your bar and keep going uh sometimes they'll do it where it's like if you watch an ad you'll get x amount of stamina back um it's supposed to kind of entice you to come back multiple times during the day like for example going back to grand blue there's a specific drop you can only get by using stamina it is a, I can't, I think it's actually just called Adventure Drops. Um, but that currency is used to better increase, like, your playtime. So, to kind of explain that a little bit better, you can use your Journey Drops, or Adventure Drops, I think it is Journey Drops, um, to basically increase the amount of XP you're going to get for an hour, or uh, class points, or money, or, you know, drop rate up. And based on how many that you've used, or how many you've accumulated over the month, you are then placed in a different tier. So there's, like, regular, silver, gold, and go on, um, which is basically a reflection of how long you've played the game. Like, how much AP stamina points did you use uh, in the previous month. And if you use a lot. You can use a lot of buffs at the same time. So what you'll find. Is, and like Grand Blue gives you a bunch of items anyway. And you can exchange for a bunch of items too. But it is just much more like. I want you to come back and play this game. As much as you can. Uh, a lot of people grind Grand Blue for 
a lot of time, <laughs> like an hour plus a day. I've seen some of uh, the more high-key players, especially when Unite and Fight is getting closer, just to make sure all their weapons are ready. Because they usually, what ends up happening is, is they'll change the element that you need to focus on. So you rebuild a team based on the current meta. It's super interesting to watch. Um, and like, if you ever get into a Grand Blue community and just watch the conversations go by, it's very fascinating. Anyway, so that was uh, one experience with Puyo Quest. I spent like 200 bucks. Uh, there was one point where I spent uh, 200 bucks or so on Tamamo. Uh, when the summer version came out, Tamamo Lancer, uh, I just, like, that's one of my wife, Uzio, I can fully admit it. <laughs> one of two that, like, anytime I see her, my eyes open up, little hearts start appearing around my head. It's just like, oh, hi, <laughs> I missed you. <laughs> um, but I spent, like, 200 on her and eventually got her. Usually... When I play gacha games, I will buy the packs if I'm enjoying the game. Like right now, I have the pack, the monthly pack for uh, Guardian Tales, and I have the monthly pack for Toho Lost Word. I've been debating getting the Genshin pack uh, just because I don't play it every day, and sometimes it's not easy for me to play every day. But you know, it's just like it, it would help, especially as I'm trying to gather resources for a character banner that's about to drop. Um, but all in all, and I've kind of said this already, um, would I recommend you getting into gacha games? I, you know, I, like I said, it's like the stock market, give it a couple of bucks or find one that you're interested in, watch it for a little bit, see how everything plays. If you're interested, invest a little bit of your time into it. If you're having fun, mind you, a lot of gacha games like tend to fall off as more time progresses, like certain ones will focus on more specific content than you're like used to or they get better you know uh i will say grand blue is one of those games that i have fun every time i boot it up because there's always something interesting to be doing you could be doing stories or you could do the main story and progress through that you can be doing events which is almost always an event running they're usually pretty funny, and they're usually all voice acted too, which, you know, shows some pro production value. Yeah, the game itself isn't exactly the most animated, but there's a reason why it has the fan base that it does, and it's been running for seven, eight years. I think it actually just had its seventh birthday last year, so yeah, it's getting close to eight years. Uh, when most gacha games fail out after a year or two... Um, you know, R.I.P. Madoka Magica E.N. <laughs> uh, let's see here. But, I, you know, if you're having fun with it and you want to keep with it, by all means, get into them. Because it's because of gacha games that, like, I ended up making the friends that I have. And I have, like, if you meet somebody that's playing a different gacha game than you, you will have a common experience. So you will know, like, oh, I wanted to go for this character, this weapon, and I just couldn't get it. They will know. They will empathize with you. And sometimes gacha communities are some of the most fun. Like, I will say it was thanks to my time playing Puyo Quest and getting involved in the Puyo community that I got to be a part of Puyo Nexus. I got to, uh, which was like, 
I should probably explain what Puyo Nexus is, huh? Um, <laughs> it was basically the English fan community for Puyo Puyo. And I used to help them. Well, I was kind of the lead HR person that would go and talk to different cons and different schools. Because, like, back then, schools were starting to give out scholarships for playing games. And it's like, hey, would you be interested in starting a Puyo Puyo thing? And I actually got, like, us put into a couple of different conventions. Unfortunately, I didn't get to all the conventions that I got us put into. But it was an interesting experience that kind of was the gateway to me developing my personality. Because, you know, you can't be quiet when you are uh, the human reps guy. <laughs> so, and I, you know, and thankfully to this day, I still have a number of friends from the Puyo community that I wouldn't have met if I didn't get into, like, Puyo Quest and, like, dick around with them. Because it was, like, whenever we were doing multiplayers together, um... <clears throat> we would just laugh and have a good time. And if you can find a game like that, and, like, a group of people that will get into it with you, sometimes it's some of the most fun. Like, I would gladly put a couple of bucks towards gotcha games every month than, you know, buy some of the AAA titles coming through. Just because sometimes... like, And it's also nice, too, because as somebody that works as much as I do, you know, being a systems admin... And occasionally, like, back then when I was, like, super getting into it, or starting to get into it, I traveled a lot. Um, so I couldn't always bring, like, a console with me. The Switch wasn't really a thing, so I'd have my Vita, and then, like, maybe my DS. And I was more of a Vita gamer. Um, <clears throat> but I'd bring my Vita with me, and then I'd have gacha games on my phone. So it's just, like, quick burst of something fun. Especially nowadays when I'm in the office, if I have, like, five minutes and I just need to decompress... I'll turn on Puzzles and Dragons and do a level, and then, alright, I'm good for a little while longer. So, it really is one of those, if you if you think you will like it, give it a shot. If you don't think you'd like it, you know, still give it a shot. If it's not for you, understandable. Every gacha game operates a little bit differently. If there's one that, like, speaks to an IP that you're super interested in, by all means, go for it. And, you know, you might find something you really like. But, anyway... To transition over to the question of the day. This one was sent via Twitter. Which, by the way, if you want to send questions, comments, concerns, send them over to plumescast at gmail.com. That is plumescast, P-L-U-M-E-S-C-A-S-T, at gmail.com. Uh, this is one from a friend of the show, Raymu. Uh, she asked... What are your experiences with your doing voice characters or voicing character stuff? And honestly, she sent like three questions, but I realized the podcast has been going for like an hour. So I'm sorry, Remu. I'm just going to quickly do the one. Um, but as far as my voice, like if you ever come onto my streams, I tend to voice different characters because I think it's, you know, I kind of mimic the voices that they're doing. Because it's more fun, you know? I like giving personality to characters. Have I ever done voice acting myself? I have not. I've wanted, like, I've been told for a long time that I should go into voice acting because I have the voice for it. I also have the face for it. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty cute. I'm pretty happy with how I look. Um, if I could lose, like, maybe 10 pounds, I'll be like, you know what? I'm straight, and I'm working on it. 
Speaking of which, I have a My Fitness, uh, My Fitness Pal. If you guys want to be friends on there, I will put that information somewhere, and we can work together to help each other lose weight this 2022. Um, but I, I've never really got to do voice acting stuff. There was a couple of times where I auditioned for it, um, and there was a time where I actually auditioned to be a VTuber, which nowadays, if you ask me if I ever would go into VTubing, I kind of shrug and be like, I like being myself more than anything else. I think it was more so the allure of instant fandom. It was like, yes, there's a content creator that speaks to me, yes. <laughs> um, so I like, I applied for Hololive right before they announced, um, right before they announced the second generation EN girls uh, council. That's it, the council group. And honestly, I knew going into it, it was just like, hey, they're not looking for male talent. Uh, they might be now. They're currently doing a, uh, you know, sign-in, uh, casting poll, whatever, for anybody. So who knows? Maybe we'll see, like, EM male. I don't really keep up with a lot of VTubers anymore. Um, every now and again, I'll watch their clips on YouTube, but that's about the gist of it. Uh, there, a couple of my friends are VTubers and I'll watch them, but that's about the gist. As far as, like, other things I got to do with my voice, though, I was on radio for a little bit of time. I used to do the, I used to do a little bit of DJing and, like, uh, MC work over my old university's, uh, radio station. So I got involved with that for a little while. Uh, I would do, basically... I think I ended up calling it like Seth's Smooth Jazz Study Hour, and I'd and or I'd welcome it with like, <clears throat> "You're listening to." Oh wait, I can't say the university's name. Shit. You're listening to University Smooth Jazz, your number one spot for smooth jazz and chill vibes. You know, and I'd like deepen my voice and make it more like an ASMR type of thing, and then like people would call in every now and again and be like, "Can you play this song?" And it's just like. Oh, Seth, you know, I have this problem. Can we talk about it? I'm like, yeah. And, it, it, and to some degree, like, it was part of the inspiration for the show. I don't really like talking about it a whole bunch because it was more cringe than I make it sound. Like, it wasn't, I wasn't this super, like, great MC. I was, you know, working with older equipment. It was more like I wanted to see what the technology was like, and I had the voice for radio. But I've done a couple of ad reads. Uh, there was one point where I was on national radio. Um, my mom, back in the day, used to do a show called... Uh, Diva La Difference, maybe? I honestly don't remember a whole bunch. But she used to be broadcasted across uh, the state radio. And there was one point where like I came in and I got to do like a full-on... Uh, full-on show for her because I was doing stuff with the university. So it was just like, yeah, no, I can cover a show for a day. And so I got to be the diva on the radio. Yay. And now I'm the diva on the podcast. Yay. 
But anyway, I think I've been going for long enough. I hope you guys have had a wonderful time listening to me rant about gotcha games. And of course, if you have any questions, comments, concerns about them, feel free to hit me up on Twitter at Phantasmaplumes. Uh, find me on Twitch at, you know, twitch.tv slash Phantasmaplumes. And, you know, hit me up at the email, plumescast at gmail.com. I tend to be very available. <laughs> uh, but... As always, guys, thank you all so much for listening. And as always, I'll talk to you again from the stars very soon. Until next time, everyone. Bye-bye.